The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Film Guide. It is I, producer Sam, and here with me, local film fan, Chris Aikman. Hello, Chris. Hello, producer Sam. Hello. So it is Friday the 10th of November 2023 and here we are again, you the guide, me the host, and we will be doing our regular thing of looking at films that are new to cinema, streaming and free-to-air television. Well, not necessarily new, but your picks of movies on free-to-air television. Yes. And uh, a little bit of uh, wandering around the world. Indeed. Got a good one this week. Yeah, shall we kick off with uh, films in the cinema? We shall, and I've picked out three films uh, that are new in cinemas this Friday. And the first one is a big one, one that I know you're excited about. I am, it's, you know, actually one I've heard of. Yeah, so this is the latest uh, Marvel movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's The Marvels. It'd be funny if uh, it wasn't an MCU film, wouldn't it? Yeah. It sounds like the Marvels could also be like a sort of a biopic of a 1960s or 70s, um, like soul group or something like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Let's make that and make millions on box office by people accidentally watching the <laughs> Accidentally going, I think there might be problems with copyright, but we'll see. What, the word Marvel? I don't think so. <laughs> they don't own it. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, anyway, so this is... Uh, the latest film starring Brie Larson as Carol Danvers or Captain Marvel. And you are a big fan of Captain Marvel. Indeed. And uh, she gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel from the TV series, and Monica Rambeau, who, when Carol last saw her in Captain Marvel, she was but a child. Mm-hmm. I think she's like eight or maybe ten yeah about that she's not very she's not very uh old at all and i mean i'm pretty sure her last name is just rambo not rambo rambo (laughs) yeah that's true it is is rambo but i don't know it felt like it should be fancier anyway Mm -hmm. so they are the marvels and so this forces them to uh work together to save the universe that whole thing not the universe, not the, the whole universe. universe. Always well, in trouble. That's Always the thing. in trouble. I mean, Cap- Carol Danvers is is she can travel across space and whatnot, and so she's got the whole universe to look after. It's a very important task, a very important job. I think. I guess the problem with these films, other than obviously, you know, unless you've sat and watched what must be thousands of hours worth of content at this point, I don't even know. Do people, you know, if you haven't seen Ms. Marvel and you haven't seen um, the one with the... (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I love this game. Come on. Vision and um, the the witch one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Chris, help me out. Just say it. Wanda. Wonder the Wonder Vision. Okay, yeah, that oh exactly. makes sense now. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I get the title now. Right, um, <laughs> where I believe Monica Rambo appeared. She, yes, and she she gets her powers in that. So like, ha- you hope they've made it standalone enough, but at the same time, 
those two, you know, specific need a subscription to watch TV shows with the details, it's just one of these further inter interwoven webs of information. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen both of those series, but then more recently there have been series like Secret Invasion. What? Which, yeah. So that also in, had characters from the first Captain Marvel film. What? Because that, that was about... <laughs> what? See, I don't even blimmin' know anymore. So that was about... Secret Invasion was about the... Oh, I'm going to get this right. What are the, on, the shape-shifting aliens called in Captain Marvel? Who she makes friends with. Oh, I've only seen this film the, like a gajillion the, times. Yeah. They're not the Krull? No. no yeah. Krull? Skrull. Skull? Skrull. Skrulls. Skrull. Say it again. Skrulls? Yes. <laughs> the Skrulls. We got there. They're in Secret Invasion. It's because they can shapeshift, and that's why it's a secret invasion. They it's can, a very they can cool power. Take over people. Well, they, they don't take over it, but they can, they can mimic people they've seen. And... Yeah, so that we haven't seen that. So how much of that is going to necessarily be intertwined? But irritating, indeed. But anyway, we'll we'll be able to report back uh, in the future as to what we thought of this. Yes, indeed. So moving on, uh, the next film is called Dream Scenario. Yes, this is this looks like a very interesting film. It's the latest in a long line of interesting uh, Nicolas Cage films. And he is a university professor. He's described as a hapless family man who finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. So yes, basically this, this real person keeps turning up in other people's dreams and then having sort of, yeah, deal with the sort of fallout of fame, um, which starts as quite sort of an interesting thing, but then turns, yes, as people start turning, having nightmares about him, then uh, starts taking a bit more of a sort of twisty, turny, sinister uh, route. Interesting. Okay. So, Uh, yeah. There was that one where there was an author the character could hear the author in their head or something? Stranger than fiction. Sounds like sort of... I mean, it's probably nothing like that, but... <laughs> I don't think it's like that. No, probably not. No. Um, being John Malkovich? Is it like that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's his own thing. <laughs> oh, okay. You put, there are original ideas? Mm, okay, cool, cool. No, this actually sounds really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm not taking... It sounds like I'm taking the Mickey, but I'm not. Um, and, and, and we're we're both we're both fans of Nicolas Cage. Absolutely, and he does push the boundaries of what acting is. So what, what to... is technically acting? Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see this. So exciting times. There you go. Dream okay. scenario. Dream scenario. 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 And finally, in the movies this week, well, these are the sort of the major releases we typically say this but yes there may well be other releases uh local to yourself check your local listings indeed in the newspaper this is anatomy anatomy yes anatomy of a fall (laughs) yes so the this was the big winner at the 2023 this year's Cannes film festival on the uh, palm door and it's about a woman who is suspected of her husband's murder and their blind son faces a moral dilemma 
as the sole witness. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. Normally it's the husband that did it, but if he's the one who got murdered, it's hard to hard to really blame that one. Sometimes on it's not always the husband. No, sometimes I guess it's the uh, Sometimes the, other... the husbands are the ones that get it. Yeah, it's the other spouse. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Well, or is it their blind son? Who knows? Oh, moral dilemma. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's exciting. If it won the cans, the can, can palm door, that's it. That's exciting times for them. It is. Congrats, it, congratulations to all involved. It is out today. Okie dokie, Chris. A short but sweet new to streaming section here. We have one film out on Netflix called The Killer. Yes, this is one of the sort of big, gen- generally it, big releases this year. It has appeared in cinemas and it's sort of going to be, it's considered by many to be one of like a big Oscar contenders uh, this year. And it's about a hitman, hence the title, uh, who huh. after a fateful near miss, uh, he battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. So it's directed by David Fincher, who uh, will many people will know as the director of Fight Club and Panic Room, one of your favourites. Yes. And The Social Network, Alien 3, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, all sorts. Which is uh, one of not my favourites. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, they can't all be hits. Um bag. And it stars Michael Fassbender as the titular killer, but also Tilda Swinton, who is always excellent and I could probably watch in anything. I mean, maybe not Asteroid City. Have her... I mean, she, but she is good in Asteroid okay, City. She was we, good in Asteroid City, yeah. Have Have her and Nicolas Cage ever acted opposite one another? Yeah. Not that I recall, and you know well, how what, good I know I've stuff watched, about Yeah, things. exactly. You're, you're always great at recalling stuff. But no, I, I'm going to go with no. That's what I'm going to say. Sure. And I'm happy to have the emails. Um, so that is The Killer. Yes, it looks great and has had some very good reviews. And David Fincher is always... He's an interesting film director um, and generally produces very good work. So so hang on. If this is up for... An, is this... It, if this is up for Oscars, potentially, has it been in cinema or is it coming out? I did start by saying it has appeared in cinemas already. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> I was testing you. Okay. Well, thank you very much for keeping my toes. Absolutely. It, has, it, has, it did come out a few weeks ago in cinema for a sort of short cinematic run uh, before it is appearing. You might be able to still see it in some cinema uh, screens, but uh, if you want to see it on the big screen, but it is now available on Netflix. Well, great. Moving on. (laughs) Okay, Chris, where are we travelling to today and where to next? Well, we are travelling to Uganda, specifically Wakaliga, which is near Kampala, the capital city. And we are going there because we are watching Once Upon a Time in Uganda which is a very interesting documentary, very heartwarming documentary about the very small but growing Ugandan film industry. And the Ugandan film industry in this case is a guy called Isaac, who has set up 
Wackaliga wood, which is what he describe uh, calls sort of his like area, his com- his neighbourhood, which he's turned Wakaliwood. into Wakaliwood. 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 Yes, mm. it's Wakaliga, but it's Wakaliwood. Sorry, mm. yes, you are correct. And he has basically for quite a few years now been making. It's probably the best part of a decade, I think. They mention it. It's more, it's more than a decade. He's basically been making very low-budget action movies. Very, very violent. Very just full of martial arts and car chases, bike chases, fist fights, gunfights, all sorts. Helicopter fights. Uh, very low-budget action movies uh, in essentially his neighbourhood. He edits them, he writes all of them, he directs all of them, he is the camera operator, and everyone is working for free. And they've sort of, his work has had kind of like, you, you can see examples of it on YouTube, like his trailers and stuff. And I'd, I'd seen examples of it before watching this. And he does it all himself on computers that he basically builds himself and he improvises like they make all their own like lighting rigs and camera rigs and all the props so they don't have money for for fake guns or anything like that so they have a prop guy who's very inventive and creates like he's he's made a petrol powered gatling gun basically that spins and everything because it looks like what what do we think it is like a is it a chainsaw motor do you think attached to attached to it or to make it spin yeah, like that 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 sounds a, that sounds about right i think uh it was certainly yeah like or a lawnmower or or something just some kind of petrol motor for sure yeah so basically he's been making these films for a while and then an american guy called alan Saw his film, saw saw his trailers one day and fell in love with them and decided this is what I want to do with my life is help this man make these films. And so Alan, basically, his life is in a bit of doldrums in New York City and he goes off to Uganda and finds Isaac and they become good friends and they work together to try and make, bring Isaac's films to a much wider audience. Basically, their audience is whomever they can get to buy their DVDs at the market. Right. And but also a lot of people don't have a DVD player, so it's harder to reach a wider exactly. audience. Exactly. So some people have DVDs, but not everyone. They have to do some showings, basically sort of projected onto the side of buildings and things like that. But Alan thinks that he can get um, like international distribution stuff. And it's, it's following their their journey to to bring Isaac's films to the wider world. And I thought it was a very, very sweet, very funny movie about these people that are just doing what they love because they want to and, like, they feel they need to. And you can actually, like, see, see his, you know, the films that Isaac's made. You see in, like, bits, obviously, on in the film. There's like there's talent there. He's not like just some 
he's not just doing it for fun. He's clearly got some skills and he's working on absolutely no budget whatsoever on whatever cameras he could get his hands on. And the internet isn't very good where they are. Electricity is, you know, comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's basically just using his friends and family and other people in the neighborhood. Like there's the guy that teaches everyone martial arts and things like that. And like I said, the prop guy who just loves building stuff. And it's sort of like, they, they make an interesting point, I think, as as they that that people in the wider world, when Alan's looking for distribution or people to to take Isaac seriously, they have this idea that the films should be more serious. They should be about things like poverty in Africa, and poverty in Uganda, and so they they don't they don't want action films but Isaac wants to just make the films he sort of grew up making uh, watching yeah it's like Chuck Norris films and it's like Africa's not just about poverty and sort of strife yeah I mean it's just it's a race it's just a racist view of like the west telling Africa and other nations like how they should behave what they should do to like raise themselves up and it's like no you create like we the west created this imbalance why shouldn't they have fun and make films that are fun and that they enjoy doing like you say yeah and I mean, just yeah so it's it's problematic in that respect there, there's there's obviously it it has as a, a sort of undercurrent of like White, a white savior sort of narrative um, mm. with Alan coming in, but at the same time, it you know it did see they see it seemed genuinely they they were friends and everyone liked Alan and I think they were appreciative of a person like him actually coming and taking the time to get to know them and help out. Basically, yeah, I think like if he had come in with like a million dollars or something said here's a million dollars um put my name at the top of everything and um like was in and out within like a few weeks and you know stayed in the in the in the capital city in the in the nice hotels or whatever i think that's one thing but the fact like you say he came he like really got to know the operation like helped out gave his time rather than money you know lived in the village with them like that i think like kind of separated it from the white savior complex thing which is obviously yeah a problem and, and, and like and maybe also- i'm being na- maybe i'm being naive and maybe it is still problematic i don't know but like they both share like he and isaac alan and isaac both share a passion for filmmaking and that was like the fu- like I felt like that was the underlying fundamental part of it. Yeah, and and also although Alan plays obviously he's a big part of the film, the main character is Isaac. I say character; he's obviously a real person, but like he's the star of the show, and he's yeah. a thoroughly interesting person. Who he previously made like he's a he's a brick maker by trade, 
and that's how he he would fund his his films and things. And he's a clearly a very intelligent, um, t- yeah, talented individual who, yeah, given the right resources, who knows what he could um, achieve. Um, well, yeah, I mean, exactly like you said, he does like almost every job. Yeah, uh, that the- you know individual people in the film industry go to university for for x number of years and he's taught himself everything from the ground up from scratch on windows xp yes and you know he shows some of the old cameras that he used that are now like burnt out and sort of mm. don't work but they're like the sort you might have been using on a family holiday in like 1998 or something but like but he was like shooting say, old movies on them yeah, but like you say, like the the content, the creative content is there. It's just the the technology that he has available, which are like probably hand me downs of hand me downs mm. from who knows where, are is is like holding him back creatively in a way, for sure. There's a, I think we we can start rounding this up, but it's safe to say we we enjoyed this film a lot. And I especially like one bit where they're shooting because Alan, uh, they they discover there's a a huge love in you, you know of these films in Uganda for um, basically where the story is uh, people beating up the white guy, the white villain, and so Alan Seems plays fair. the Alan plays the white villain in a couple of them, and there's also one where Alan's being hunted by. Uh, cannibals and he's ter- Alan is terrible at martial arts and they love putting martial arts in these films so um, they get a stunt double for him but Alan's the only white person around so the stunt double is a much shorter person um, a much shorter Ugandan who they basically white up and put a, put a blonde wig on even though that's not really the same colour as Alan's no. hair Alan has dark brown hair. Dark brown hair. He has long. He has long hair, but he has dark brown hair. And they get this blonde wig, and they just basically shoot, the, shoot it without showing this guy's face at any point, yeah. or try to anyway. And barely um, his head as well, because of obviously the blonde hair. Yeah, but it's sort of very funny that they're just doing these. That's how. That's how they're getting around it. And yes, it's a very endearing film. Uh, Once upon a time in Uganda. It's available on uh, video, video on demand, and uh, online digital platforms and things. So check it out. Okie dokie, Chris. Here we are, part four. Here we are already, and it is your pick of free to air movies on television. I didn't say that right, but I don't. I don't care anymore. People know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> those words in a different order. Okay. Sure. And we'll start. Oh my goodness, are we starting here? Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's November, people. Yep. On f- tonight, Friday, yep. the 10th of November, on film four. Oh, wait, tonight, no, this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> At 3 45 p.m., it's a wonderful life. Yep. Christmas films have started, everyone. Well, I'll tell you something. The Christmas channel has been on 
since like September. There's a, there's a couple of them, and they they make they rear their ugly heads in early September. So, well, when I was when I was looking up films um, for this week, there were several Christmas films. So Home Alone is also showing on various things. But yes, it's a Wonderful Life. It's one of my favorite films. Uh, if I had to pick a Christmas film to watch, it would be It's a Wonderful Life. It's a classic. Uh, Frank. Uh, Capra's film about a very good man, George, played by James Stewart, who wants to help everyone, but in doing good, he ends up making a mistake, or he he doesn't, but he, he stretches himself very thin, things go wrong, and he is pushed to the point of feeling like he has to end it all. Uh, but then he encounters Clarence, uh, an angel, his guardian angel, who basically shows him what it would be like if he was never born, and the world would be a significantly worse place. And it's a great film. It's um, beautifully shot. It, funny, funnily enough, fun fun fact about It's a Wonderful Life. When it came out, it was not a hit. It was not. It did not do very well at the box office, and it kind of disappeared for a long time. And the reason it's become so popular in sort of later years is that um, it was cheap to put on like cable channels and stuff in America in like sort of 60s and 70s. And okay. so it kind of sort of had a resurgence because it hadn't been popular um, initially at the time. And then people sort of rediscovered it because it was so cheap to put it on uh, TV that it was just sort of on every Christmas. Okay. And so. People then discovered what a great film it was. Oh, and yes, because obviously back then there was only like four channels at most, and so chances were people were going to come across it. Whereas if a similar thing happened today, I don't. Oh, you it could, probably so, wouldn't. No, wouldn't there are so many, same... so many channels today that you just sort of look at them and be like, "What's that film? What's that channel even?" But anyway, it's a wonderful life. Film four today, three forty-five p.m. Uh, moving on to Saturday, the 11th of November, so tomorrow, as this comes out, uh, on Film 4 at 11.25pm, there's a film called Freaky. Uh, so this is this came out a couple of years ago, and it's a comedy slasher film, uh, which is a sort of twist on Freaky Friday. You know, the body okay, swap Okay, because I... Yeah, I just read it as Freaky Friday... Yeah. So if I had read that, I would have said Freaky Friday and that would have been wrong. Yes. So it's uh, the film is about a teenage girl who unintentionally switches body with a middle-aged male serial killer. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, interesting. <laughs> so the middle-aged male serial killer is played by Vince Vaughn. And... Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And then the younger woman is played by Catherine Newton, and they basically, yeah, they switch switch bodies. Oh, so she, I want to watch so, that. There you go. Well, you can, because it's on Film 4 on Saturday. Brilliant, okay. Freaky. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, for that pick. That's an exciting one. And moving on to... Monday the 13th of November on BBC Two at 11.15pm we have The Conversation Yes, this is from the 1970s starring the great Gene Hackman 
and it's from 1974, and it was written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, he who did the Godfather trilogy and Apocalypse Now and many more things. So this is sort of a mystery thriller that was uh, very well reviewed at the time that it came out, but didn't do very well at the box office. But it's oh, um, a shame. it's sort of a, about a man called Harry Call, who's a surveillance expert. Um, he does like wiretapping services and stuff, but then um, he he stumbles on some things that he probably shouldn't stumble upon. Uh oh. Mm. Oh, so it's kind of like high heels and low lives. It's exactly like that. That's clearly what they were going for. They were going for the conversation. They were like, let's let's do Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation, but with Minnie Driver and Catherine McCormack. Yeah, and fun. And fun. You don't know this so isn't a, fun. I'm assuming it isn't. If it's someone who directed The Godfather. Yes. You probably made the right assumption there. Mm. Well, anyway, Chris. That's it. Yes. Yes, Chris. We have been guided wonderfully by yourself. Thank you. This this fair week in mid-November. And... Well, thank you so much. That's quite all right. Any time. Yeah, um, probably every other week. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Why not? Okay. Well, thank you, listener, for listening, and we hope you're well and enjoy the rest of uh, the rest of your week. And um, take care and speak to you again soon. Bye bye. <laughs>